week of March 27th, 2023. This is Diet Science with D. McCaffrey. Dee's an organic chemist and nutritionist who lost 100 pounds by staying away from processed foods. She's now pursuing a doctorate in clinical nutrition, and every week on Diet Science, Dee covers a topic or two that's important for you and your family's health. This is your co-host, Michael McCaffrey. So, Dee, what's the topic for this week? This week we are revisiting the topic of intermittent fasting. Hmm. Yeah, we did a podcast on this back in 2018. Mm-hmm. And even back then there was some pretty hefty scientific backing to uh, intermittent fasting in regard to um, chronic disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, from there, there was uh, some evidence of uh, weight loss as well. Mm-hmm. So um, we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago um, comparing in- intermittent fasting to portion control. And uh, we had some uh, of our listeners um, comment in and asked if, uh, you know, why, why we didn't talk more about intermittent fasting and the research that's been done on weight loss. Well, we've been doing podcasts since, I don't know, 2010. Uh, so there's lots yeah. of podcasts. Yeah, there's a lot heard. of them in our, our archive. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one that uh, I did, you know, back in 2018 because uh, of a documentary that I saw. It was... Uh, it was back in 2013 that I saw the documentary, and from 2013 up to 2018, when we did the podcast, um, there was a lot of uh, research that has been been going into this, um, mainly for the the purposes of lowering the risks for chronic disease, things such as Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, cancer, those types of things. So, the documentary I saw was called "The Fast Diet." Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise known as uh, intermittent fasting, is and, and and by the way, it was really out of this documentary and the research where that the term intermittent fasting sort of became popular. Mm. Um, before that, you know, we just talked to we just called it fasting, mm-hmm. right? So, um, in that documentary, uh, medically trained British journalist Michael Mosley tried different fasting techniques under the care of a doctor to determine the benefits of fasting on his long-term health. Mm -hmm. And in that documentary, he visited three different experts who were doing research into the effect of what was called intermittent calorie restriction. Mm -hmm. um, And that in that research, that is where they were looking at how it is helpful for lowering the risks of diabetes cancer, heart disease, and Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And I found that documentary to be quite fascinating because it gave a much better picture of the logic behind intermittent fasting. And that logic is that our ancestors most likely ate this way. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't always have food available to them every day for three meals a day and Mm -hmm. probably went some days eating very little or not at all. Mm -hmm. So in essence, intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So um, and here's here was what 
really was kind of like the the takeaway from uh, from that documentary and the research, and that was that when calorie intake is lowered, the body produces lower levels of a substance called insulin-like growth factor one mm-hmm. or IGF one. And um, normally our bodies are in this rapid growth mode, which the researchers called go-go mode, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, we're just, our cells are just going, going, going. They're constantly driven to divide and multiply by this insulin-like growth factor one. But when our IGF-1 levels drop, our, shell, our cells will shift into a completely different mode. Mm-hmm. So instead of being in go-go mode, the body will slow down production of new cells and then starts repairing existing cells instead. So in the go-go mode, it doesn't do any repairing. No, it's just constantly, you know, let's make new cells, let's multiply, let's mm-hmm. keep going here. When our IGF levels drop, our cells will um, go into what what is known as a repair mode. And when this happens, DNA damage is more likely to get fixed in the cells, and that's what protects our bodies from diseases. Um, there's a there is a uh, a physiological process in our body called autophagy, A U T O P H A G Y, mm-hmm. autophagy. And this is basically like the way that the body cleanses out damaged cells and um, basically just kind of repairs them. And so this is why, um, you know, we need this. We need this process to happen like every single day Mm -hmm. um, for as long a part of the day as possible. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where this the longevity comes in and in the, when they were looking at the Alzheimer's, how it was repairing the brain. Like, you know, back in the old days, we used to think once your brain cells are damaged, they're, they're damaged and they're dead and there's no way of repairing them. Mm-hmm. And now we know that there actually is a way of repairing them that, um, you know, the longer you go with lower levels of intake of food, the more opportunity there is for repair, mm-hmm. even in the brain. Mm-hmm. So that was the exciting news. So, so let's kind of fast forward to, you know, from 2018 all the way up to now. Mm-hmm. Um, I went ahead and looked at actually two different um, scientific literature reviews mm-hmm. that were published in 2022. And these ones were looking specifically at intermittent fasting for weight loss. Mm-hmm. So we know that intermittent fasting is great for these other reasons, mm-hmm. right? Um, when it comes to weight loss, the the research shows that yes, people do lose weight when they do um, intermittent fasting, but there are several different approaches to di- to intermittent fasting. So three different ways that people do it, or three different main ways mm-hmm. that people do it. And what was really fascinating in both of these literature reviews, which um, I noted that. Uh, they both of them looked at some of the same studies that had been done. Basically, a literature review is when a group of researchers has a question, you know, we call it a research question. They want to know, you know, for example, does, is intermittent fasting um, more effective, the same or less effective than regular 
um, you know, lowering your calories and, you know, just eating, you know, three meals a day, mm-hmm. um, you know, every day. So um, in these literature reviews, they looked at a variety of different, uh, like, primary research studies, um, clinical trials, randomized control trials, where people did the different types of fasting and then compared it to regular calorie restriction diets. Mm-hmm. So um, so what was interesting was the outcome of both of these literature reviews was the same. Mm. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit ab- about that. So uh, first of all, there are three different types of intermittent fasting that people do. Mm-hmm. And so these three different types were studied. Um, one of them is called alternate day fasting. And alternate day, alternate day fasting alternates between a fasting day and what is known as a free eating day um, to aid weight loss. So on fasting days, individuals will consume anywhere from zero uh, calories up to maybe 25% of their normal calorie intake. Mm. So you can go a complete fast where you eat nothing on the fast day, or you can eat uh, basically, you know, what they did is they they approximate a 500 calorie meal on the on the fasting day. You can you can either do no no food or you can you do one small meal that's about 25 percent of your calories. So if you normally eat 2,000 calories a day. 25% of that would be 500 calories. So, mm-hmm. so, so, so you might eat one 500 calorie meal on the fasting day. So you just alternate one day fasting day, the next day normal eating day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's alternate day fasting. The, uh, the next way, which was the way that um, Michael Mosley did it in his uh, documentary, is called 5-2 fasting. And um, 5-2 is uh, where you do two days a week of this reduced intake, like 500 calories a day, and then five days of the week you do normal eating, mm. okay? Um, and, then, um, and then there's something called time-restricted eating, which I think is the type of intermittent fasting that most people have probably heard of and maybe what most people do. and yeah, the time-restricted eating is where every single day you only eat within a specific window of time. Some people do it only within an eight-hour window, and some might extend it out to a 10-hour window. But the idea of it is is that let's say you ate your last meal at 6 o'clock, mm-hmm. then you go for um, 14 to 16 hours after that before you eat again. Mm-hmm. And so basically, if you're only eating for eight hours of the day, then the other 16 hours of the day, you're not eating. So right? 14 hours means 8 a.m. is when you can start eating again. Right. Okay. Yeah. You okay. would do, you would go like 8 a.m. to, you know, if you have a 10-hour window, you're going 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. 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 So you're eating all your all of your food during the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no mm-hmm. night eating, right? Right. right. Um, if you if you were doing the the sixteen hour, you would, you know, if your last meal was at six p.m., you would your first meal would be at ten a.m. the next mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. and your eight hour window would be from ten a.m. to six p.m. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. which does 
doesn't sound to me like anything really out of the ordinary of what any anyone could do. Mm -hmm. um, the time-restricted eating or this intermittent fasting is uh, the most popular type, I believe, um, sounds to me more like what our bodies are just normally um, programmed. programmed to do. Mm -hmm. So now what's really interesting, and this is what the conclusion of, you know, when, when the researchers did the, their review of all of these different studies of these different types of dieting, they uh, one of the studies had a really great visual in it where it had uh, consent uh, circles where it showed the overlaps of intermittent fasting, uh, of all the different types of intermittent fasting versus the just a normal calorie restriction where you would you know for example let's say you let's say you normally you know were eating 2500 calories a day and that was way too much for you mm -hmm. so you now are going to come cut that down and go down to maybe an 1800 calorie a day and you just do that and you know let's say you you know you just now you're just eating healthier and you're not eating as many calories and your quality of food goes up and um, that's just normal, but you don't put a time restriction on it, right? Mm -hmm. um, they found that a lot of that is comparable. Like all, we have all the same results. You, uh, there's weight loss. There's a lower body mass index, improved body composition, improved mood, life and uh, life and health. Uh, our health span are better. Um, the metabolic indicators go down your insulin sensitivity goes up glucose levels go down um, all the different types of diseases are uh, improved you know for example diabetes non-alcoholic fatty liver all of these different things um, blood pressure goes down blood lipids go down the only thing that was different between the two between intermittent fasting and regular calorie restriction was in intermittent fasting, if people were to gain weight back, like let's say they stopped doing it for mm -hmm. a while, um, they would, um, instead of gaining back fat mass, they their increased lean body mass, basically, they retain their lean body mass. Um, whereas with a calorie restrictor, um, if they start gaining weight back, they're gaining back fat. Mm. And their muscle, uh, their lean muscle also kind of stays the same. So it's just really interesting. Um, I found that the, the results of this. Now, what I really wanted to, to talk about with this was um, the effect of uh, time-restricted eating, which is the intermittent fasting, on weight loss um, was significantly correlated with the time of carbohydrate and protein intake. So when they ate the food. So for example, we I just used that uh, example of having your last meal be at 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, but, you know, people have different lifestyles, right? And right. they might decide that, oh, my last meal is going to be at 10 p.m. Mm. And then I'm just going to go, you know, 14 to 16 hours from there. What they found was that the later the meals were in the night, the less effective it was and the less weight loss that occurred. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So, um, and this was really interesting. They, so one of the, the things said that um, 
they did one study had 19 people who ate earlier in the day lost more weight than those who ate later. Mm. And then meanwhile, while uh, well, eating more of their staple foods in the evening was not beneficial for weight loss, even in the intermittent fasting. Hmm. Um, and in a 12-week random control trial, women with who were overweight or obese who consumed a high-calorie breakfast had better fasting blood sugar levels, better insulin sensitivity, and better um, blood lipids than those who consumed a high-calorie dinner. Hmm. So instead of having your biggest meal be the dinner, mm -hmm. the biggest meal, have it be the breakfast mm -hmm. and have a lighter dinner. And that seems to also aid in the weight loss more than making your biggest meal of the day be the dinner. Mm -hmm. um, and this is and what they pointed out in their summary of their of their research was this result is consistent with the latest findings from healthy non-obese volunteers showing that a 16-8 intermittent fasting was more beneficial when food was consumed between uh, 6 o'clock in the morning and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So if you eat most of your food in that time frame, you have better weight loss than if you ate it between, let's say, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Hmm. Yeah. So, so it's all about not eating late. Basically. It is. It's all about not, not doing any of that night eating. Right. Yeah. So, um, and now another one. So another study found that 12 weeks of intermittent fasting with a meal time between 12 o'clock and 8 o'clock, so 12 p.m. and 8 p.m., did not lead to weight loss in adults who were overweight and obese without also controlling food intake. Um, but resulted in a loss of muscle mass. So they, mm. so, so with intermittent fasting, you also have to uh, lower your calorie intake because some of these, some of these other types, like the five-two, and then the alternate day. You know, they say the uh, one day fasting, one day regular eating, um, and then with the five-two, it's two days fasting, five days regular eating. They say typically in those that you don't have to watch your calories or, you know, you can just eat whatever you want on mm. those days and you still lose weight doing that. Mm. Um, this study was showing that that wasn't the case for people who were overweight, that they, they needed to also restrict their calories and then um, eat, you know, in the earlier part of the day. And that gave the best result. Mm. So, um, now, what was really interesting there here is that they at the finally at the end of this summation of this review, the, both of these review studies, they said the data suggests that reducing totally cal total calorie intake by limiting eating time, especially to earlier times of the day, is a beneficial weight management strategy. Given these findings. Uh, people with overweight and obesity should consider changing their traditional concept of dinner as a social meal in order to maximize weight loss. And irrespective of the duration of the intervention uh, for intermittent fasting, whether it was four to 12 weeks or longer, weight loss with alternate day fasting, 5-2 fasting, and the, um, the time-restricted eating um, 
was not superior to that achieved with a normal calorie-restricted diet. Hmm. So this basically affirms what the, the study that we reported on just a couple of weeks ago that said it was portion control mm -hmm. that matters more than the intermittent fasting itself. So now what I want to add to this, because I think this is, is significant and maybe even profound, is when I was losing my weight, mm -hmm. And of course, I was part of a support group where most of us were doing a similar approach mm -hmm. to weight loss. We did what we called 301, which was three meals a day, nothing in between. Three, okay. Yeah, 301. Some of us would say three meals a day, life in between. But, right. um, but basically, the 301 was that we, we, had, we were on a uh, what we called weighed and measured. Uh, type of food where we would our portions were controlled you know you know you eat this much protein you eat this many vegetables you eat this much fat basically uh you know and it was a calorie controlled uh type of a diet uh well, i hate to call it a diet because really more of a lifestyle but um but we you would eat your last meal of the day and then you would say my kitchen is closed mm. and you wouldn't eat anything else for the rest of the night and most of us were encouraged to eat our Try to eat our last meals by six o'clock, six thirty, and then you don't eat again until the next day breakfast. So what is that? Well, it sounds very similar to <laughs> what we just talked about. This mm -hmm. what what they call the sixteen eight time restricted eating, mm -hmm. where you go you go at least uh, fourteen to sixteen hours without eating, and that just amounts to I ate my last meal at six, and now it's eight o'clock in the next day, and I'm going to have breakfast. Right. That's a 14-hour fast right mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. So while that works, I see it work with people that I work with as clients now because I still use that type of approach. Mm -hmm. I don't call it intermittent fasting. I never used to. Why would I now call it that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. This is just kind of common sense, mm -hmm. the approach that we're taking. Mm -hmm. So while you know, I'm happy now that there's research behind this, I'm happy now that there is um, much more benefit. In fact, you know, one of the things that came out of the, um, you know, the, the documentary that I wrote was that um, the weight loss was kind of like a side benefit of the other benefits that we were getting from lowering your IGF-1. Hmm. Um, you know, you have preventing Alzheimer's and preventing diabetes and cancer. And when we compare doing this to doing something like a Mediterranean diet. Um, the Mediterranean diet, if you do it in the way that is, um, you know, you eat your last meal of the day and your kitchen is closed and you don't eat in anything at night and you don't eat anything till the next day, it's going to have similar benefit. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm not saying there's no weight loss benefit from intermittent fasting. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't do it. I'm just saying it's, it's um it's something that has been around for a really long time and you know I'm glad there's research around it but this is something that I did many years ago and you know in the, in for the most part kind of have continued on in that path mm -hmm. and you know I don't I don't but I don't say that I'm an intermittent faster because that's not the way that I ever thought of it mm -hmm. um, but the concept of it does work Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. so you can you know call it whatever you want but <laughs> right, right. Um, I'm just saying it's 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 way I feel like it's the way our bodies were designed 
Right. We weren't, you know, our society now, we have food available to us 24 Mm 7. So people just eat at all times of day and night and don't really put any time in between. Mm -hmm. And really, it's putting that time in between that is the most beneficial. All right. So uh, it's quite a few studies that you refer to. We have links to all of them. I have well, there were two literature reviews and which looked at multiple studies. So I felt that it was important to just read the reviews rather than um, having to list out every single of, of the studies because right. yes, it was a lot of them. But you know, so I'll give links to the two reviews and okay. then people can go and read those. All right, Dee, thank you for another informative week. Diet Science is the official podcast for Process Free America. We're a nonprofit dedicated to eliminating childhood and adult obesity through nutrition education to both young and old. You can catch this podcast and lots of other great podcasts and articles at processfreeamerica.org. This is Dee McCaffrey, and until next time, go forth and be healthy.